Chase Across Your Radio, where we discuss the unidentified, the unexplainable, paranormal, conspiracies, and much more. Starring your hosts and co-hosts, Jenny Nicasio, Sean Kelly, Trish Moe, and Jason Spencer and Ryan Petro. Brought to you by UPRN Network. Now for your host, Jenny Nicasio. Good evening and welcome to Chase and Prophecy on UPRN Network, FM 105.3, New Orleans, where we discuss anything and everything beyond the scope of normal. Remember to like us and subscribe to us on YouTube and like us on Facebook. Well, it's February 22, 2022, the biggest numerology event of the century. Well, history anyways. Mm-hmm. And the return of 1976, um, if you do two times two, something with the power, you come up with 1776, and the Greek god Pluto makes his appearance back. And, Uh-oh. Yeah, and for the next two years. And it's George Washington's birthday. Hmm. What do you think, guys? Uh, I think the universe is trying to tell us Torture Tuesday. (laughs) Yes. It's going to be a torture one tonight. So Lincoln's birthday was uh, February 12th. Okay. There you go. Whose birthday? Lincoln. Lincoln? And Washington's was the 22nd. Okay, Trish. Now, I'm going to ask you this. What do you think the universe is trying to to tell us and it's just kind of weird i don't like to bring up the politics but this is current events and with the ominous um appending invasion from um russia into ukraine don't you think putin he kind of picked a good day to do this i mean (laughs) so uh Especially with Pluto being, and this will be the first time since our country was, since the U.S. was founded um, in 1776, that, that that's been in alignment. But the difference is, you know, twos are about duality. There's the two sides, there's two sides to everything. So it, when we were founded, we, as a country, we had a lot to learn. And and this mm-hmm. is with any of the countries, you know, Russia, even the planet, obviously, we're always growing. But uh, as far as the U.S. goes, I think one of the big things and why this is, you know, a lot of people see it as negative, but I I think it's kind of exciting as a positive outlook because when we were founded, um, when they signed the Declaration of Independence, you know, in 1776, it was based on all men are created equal. Mm -hmm. But as our our country went, that wasn't the case back then at all. You know, there was still so much... Um, racism, sexism, culturism, everything you can think of. And so what Pluto, the planetary alignment of Pluto, means it's death and rebirth, new beginnings. Mm -hmm. So it kind of flips the script. And as we know in, in the U.S. anyways, I mean, we still have a long ways to go, but we have overcome um, a lot of, the people that signed the declaration, I think were, it it was based mostly on upper to middle class um, white political men. So, so we've come a long way since then. And I think having kind of a restart, a reset. Absolutely. um, Is important, you know, for the, for our future. And so what we do now will determine what happens. Well, Jason, do you agree with her on that? 
My uh, my mic was all messed up. I couldn't <laughs> show off. <laughs> you didn't get his nap today. I didn't get my nap today. Uh-oh. Sean, what do you think? Do you agree? Um, I guess. Um, I don't know. It, to me, it's an awakening. I yes, guess. it is. It's, a, it's, it's an awakening because wonder... as you were explaining all that numerical stuff, you know, mm-hmm. um, I bet you num- numerologists are having a field day. Oh, today. they are. It's all over the, the it's all over and, the place. Uh, is it an awakening of what's going on and something probably going to happen gonna pretty happen. soon? Something is happening. Um, and we feel it. I think we all feel it leading us up to tonight's show. And it's fu- it's funny. It's, it's it's the twos on Tuesday. It just seems like it's just a lot of weird stuff going on out there. And yeah. um, I just want to mention this segment is brought to you by Old Timey Crimey. Old Timey Crimey is a historical true crime podcast hosted by Chrissy and Amber. They have over 150 episodes ranging from the infamous crimes like those of Jack the Ripper. And they dig into the weird and wild with detail and facts. And what I like about this show is their energy and humor while telling a good crime story. We all like those. I know I do. And the one I found to be really interesting is Chicago. Um, 1933, a young man is kidnapped and his father will go to great lengths to get him back. And everybody knows if you're a father, you'll do anything to get your kids back. And one of my favorites is when Chrissy tells Amber the story of Mary Averly, a little girl with the best nickname ever. Mary tore up the streets in San Francisco in the late 1800s. Or Sean and Jason, I know you're like train robberies, but the one from 1915 is a good episode. Three men try to pull off a daring train heist in West Virginia, my favorite place, for one last big haul, and they missed the mark by a lot. So if you enjoyed our paranormal investigations shows, especially the ones with Sean and Jason, you're going to love old-timey crimey. True crime is better in black and white with over 150 episodes from full length to bonus mini episodes, and there's plenty to binge on so you'll find a link on our social media platform and there's a sample on the website too old crime old timey crimey where they know that the good old days weren't always good Whew, that's a lot to put in there so check them out and like i said today is twos 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 february 22 2022 to today <laughs> <laughs> every day this week is the same forwards as it is backwards so yes we have a fabulous lineup tonight, so grab yourself a drink, get some popcorn. I know I got my drink. Take a sip hmm. and enjoy the show. So tonight we have a friend of ours that came was on the show before, Marty. I hope I don't mess up his last name. Sean, do you know how to pronounce Eddington? Eddington. 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 I'm really bad. Sorry, Marty, if I messed it up. (laughs) Well, Marty's interest in the paranormal, spirituality, and much more goes back to his childhood. He has many paranormal experiences and has been a student of Eastern philosophies and meditation for 35 years. That's a lot. Seeking enlightenment. He knows that we are already all enlightened and we just have to realize that deeply. So all his books are pretty cool. So why don't you check them out? So so we're going to bring him on to the show. I just got to find him in my little, there he goes. So welcome back to Chase and Prophecy, Marty. 
Hey, good to be back with you guys. You're fun and knowledgeable. It's fun to be with you. Thank you. Uh, welcome to Torture welcome. Tuesday. Welcome to two two twos. Okay. <laughs> twenty twenty two. Yeah, Marty. So um, we have a really cool show tonight about um, how you longevity and how you can live. Um, and you've we'll head, go ahead and tell you about go tell about your book, and you have the floor, dear. Okay. So I'll give you some of the history first of how I got into this topic. And by the way, my website is mkettingtonbooks.com, M-K-E-T-T-I-N-G-T-O-N-B-O-O-K-S.com. I got that in. Anyway, back in 2009, I was looking for a good topic to write about. I had just started becoming a serious writer. And I was interested in all the claims and articles of people who had lived well over 100. I wanted to know, was that true? And as you know, the... the uh, limit given by the Guinness Book of World Records for somebody to have lived to was Jean Calumet. They said she lived to 122. Some still argue with that. But in my research, I found hundreds of records of people all over the world. And these people were in their 120s, 130s, 140s, all the way up to plus 200. So I'll, I'll mention one of them. One of my favorites is Shirley Mislimov, who uh, lived in a province near the Black Sea and he was actually profiled in the 70s by National Geographic. So there's more than one source for him, but supposedly he lived to 167. And I mean, he would be out in his orchard and, and climbing the tree and everything every day. So the guy had amazing longevity. And then if we go further, and again, I'm skipping, there's a lot of really interesting characters. Uh, the, have you ever heard of Lai Ching Young, a Chinaman named Lai Ching Young? Nope. No, I haven't. He was actually profiled in the New York Times, and I think it was 1932, that this guy had lived to 256 years old, if you can believe that. And he had been an herbalist for the first 100 years, and supposedly certain herbs like ginseng and other things like that help people live longer. He also had 23 wives. He outlived. <laughs> 23 wives. That's a good Damn. one. <laughs> Interesting. That's probably why he lived to be so. <laughs> so I wrote my first. Book. So I wrote my first book on the top. I don't know how many kids. Uh, I wrote my first book on the topic called Physical Immortality History and How To Guide. And I tried to find everything I could about longevity and wh how why people can live longer. And I actually spent years learning more and thinking more about it and writing more books. And I guess my ultimate book on the topic, which was about 2014 was titled The Ten Principles of Personal Longevity. And this is these are 10 principles I put together that people can follow to help them live longer. And in fact, I even have a whole website for it called personal-longevity.com. But anyway, if I might, can I mention a couple of these principles? I won't dwell on them. I just Absolutely. thought I'd go through them quickly. Okay. So the first one is that real long-lived people exist. And you can see this from the books I've written that these people are they're real records of long-lived people. But the second thing relates to a question that Sean had for me when we were talking before the show, which was why would people want to live any longer? Right. And that's a good question. And in fact, I put the second principle was you had to define your purpose in life. If you don't have a purpose in life, especially when you're older, you're likely to just drop dead. And there are ways to work on defining your purpose in life. I mean, when you're 80 years old, the purpose in life might be your kids. Or if you don't have kids, it yeah. might be a pet. 
or it might be something you do in the, in the senior home. And then very quickly, some of the other ones, enable your life urge, the importance of a spiritual connection. Now, this is something I found that was very important in a lot of these very old people, not saying what religion they are, but they have some type of spiritual connection in their life, whether they're a Christian or Islamic or Buddhist, they all seem to have a spiritual life. And, and to me, there's really three elements of why people live a long time. It's an integration of their spirit, mind, and body. And the more people can work on their spiritual connection, the longer they'll live. And just really quickly mentioning some of the other ones, having love in your heart, activating your vital forces, the science of longevity, keeping your physical body healthy. And there's a lot of things you can do with diets and supplements there. And then one thing I put in, which is unusual, because of my experience with prophecy, was using your intuition to stay safe. Because if you think about it, longer you live, what's going to kill you? It's more likely accidents are going to kill you. Mm -hmm. And there are ways everybody can use exercises, mental exercises, to see good or bad futures and even to learn to avoid things. So I put that in. And then the 10th principle is all about how you learn all these things and apply them to your life. So that's pretty much a broad 30,000 foot view of how I got into this. Mm -hmm. Any questions so far? John, you have any questions? Jason? Nope. Trish? Martin, if you have do you think, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, if anybody has a question or comment for Marty or any of us, give us a call at 8985747381. So it's on the banner, the phone number, if you have a question or comment. Go ahead, Trish. Do you... Martin, do you think it's more difficult in this day and age for people to stay connected um, to spirituality with, um, I, I mean, there's internet and satellites every, literally everywhere in the world now. So that's a really good question. And I think, you know, as you know, the, that people in this country and other co European countries are not that active in religion these days. I mean, the, the percentage of people active has gone way down in the last 50 years. But on the other hand, people are involved in certain churches, uh, modern age churches, or they get into practices like meditation. And meditation brings a lot of these benefits and your spiritual growth to your own body. So I think there's still a lot of active, active interest in building our spiritual connection which is so important for everything. And it, but it's not probably through traditional vehicles anymore. I, I still can't get over the fact that um, who would want to live that long? Personally, me, I don't, I don't want to live that long. You get to enjoy um, more retirement. Well, yeah, yeah and then, <laughs> but you also got to remember too, the life insurance will be no longer good. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it's so. There's a lot of things that I look into it because I was really, you know, met, not meditating, but really was in really deep thinking that I, I don't think I could do it. So I'm more interested on in hearing what you have to say today, Bart. I think Joe's says he's yeah. feeling hot. <laughs> well, if you out here in California. Go ahead. I was just saying, if you live to be that long, like J Sean says, it's kind of depressing because all your friends are gone. And and how do you know for sure these people actually live to be 250 or 100, I mean, 160? I mean, is there any proof that they live that long? 
Or is well, it just when you say 100 years old, you mean, or, you know, if that's what you're saying, like 116, I've seen that. But well, part of the problem is birth records, because up until World War II, even in this country, there were no solid records of, of people's births. And the reason that they occurred was a lot of people had to have security clearances for the World War II work. But uh, it's really hard to tell if they're if they're real records of people. But the thing is, when you find so many records of people and you find so many different lives that you're talking about, it's like the the depth of the evidence, the consistency of the evidence that these people lived really long times. That's what I go by. In fact, that's one of my rules. I look for patterns in what I study. And if I find patterns of people on a particular topic or evidence on a particular topic, I tend to go with it. That answers the question. Yeah, oh, it, it, yeah, yeah. It answers the question, but it's, I mean, do you have proof that these, you don't have any proof that these people are that, that old? Oh, well, what type of proof would we look for? I mean, if a lot of them don't didn't even have birth records, that were legal birth records, what do we what do we use? It's it's a matter of how do you prove how do you prove something like that, or how do you disprove something? How like many that? wrinkles do they have? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I Marty, no, this is a good... there's been it, it's been documented throughout history. I, I mean, since literally since the beginning of time, um, just in in writing. I mean, there's no proof really, but yeah. but as far as even back during Egyptian times, you know, there's there's legends of people living 500 mm-hmm. even that long, you know. So. If you look at the Bible, there's a long list of people who lived oh, yeah. many hundreds of years in the Bible, like Methuselah, yeah. who lived into his 900s. Yeah, in the Bible, there's tons of them. No. Have... Go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say, on that note, like in the Bible and stuff, do you think when they're referring to these people living that long, are they referring to them living that long in the same body, in the same shell? That's what or... it says. I mean, I mean, that's a good question, but I'm trying, I don't, I don't try and interpret it differently. That's just what it says. It's it's a straight out thing. And it talks about even some well-known prophets like uh, Moses. He supposedly lived over well over a hundred, 120 or 130. So there's some very long people, long lived people in our world. In fact, I want to mention another one. There was a, a profile I did in 2013 from a book called Wonders of Mebagon Village. And this is about a guy who was supposedly a, a monk in Myanmar who was born in the year 908, and he's still alive. Now, that's almost impossible to believe, but they actually have a picture of the guy. And he's all wrapped up in a, um, in a cloth wrap, but you can see his face. And the claim is that uh, he's a monk who's still alive, and he... He comports with other monks, some of whom are five or six hundred years old. There, there's a lot of stories, but again, you got to get to the believability issue. A lot of people in today's world just refuse to believe these claims. And even when there's articles about somebody who had a birthday who was 150 years old, they just refuse to believe it because that's our mindset. But that's all about being open-minded, like I'm sure most of you are, that there's a lot more in this world that is strange and unexpected than we think. Yeah, like, why couldn't it be possible when you figure, you know, another thing that would probably be a contributing factor is look at, like, uh, foods today, uh, the amount of stress, and everybody has to work themselves to death just to survive. 
Like all the preservatives and just junk that we put in our bodies and all the stress we have to endure and just work ourselves to the grave. That's why we can't live that long. True. I think that's a choice, though. What's so I, th- I thought at this point I'd get into my uh, meeting this immortal, if that's okay with you. Yeah, go. go so when I started marketing my book, Physical Immortality, History and How-To Guide, I used several online social media sites. And one of them I used also had an online discussion where people, anybody could connect and make their own comments. And for about six months, this was pretty normal. And then I started getting a guy on there named Stealth, that was his nickname, who claimed that he was actually born in 812 BC. And I'd just like to read very quickly a couple of things he said about himself. So he said he had a small childhood, a good one, peaceful, happy. Mother and father were simple farmers. Father was also a deer, sheep, hunter, herder. And he was born in Elgin, Scotland. And if you add the dates, because he'd had some other previous things, he said it would be 812 BC that he lived in a small house with a wooden hay bed, brick fireplace walls, small kitchen area. They died young. He was 18 and they died. They were about 45. And he also says that he became immortal after age 20. He moved to Ireland and became, he became one of the deities, Lou. Have you ever heard of the god Lou? No. He was ancient god of uh, the Tuatha de Danann, the predecessors of the elves and of others of Ireland. And then he says some other really interesting things, which really caught me. And the other people came in for the discussion also. They had, there were about seven or eight people that also claimed they were immortals. So he says, I met over 170 other immortals dating from 20,000 years old to 110 years old around the earth. Gods are another league. I've met 15 gods and goddesses who are mostly Norse Celtic gods. That there are at least 2,000 of us out of your 7 billion human beings do the exact same thing as me, Jobs, names some still hide in mountains and forests. So this was his claim. And there was, of course, a lot more discussion because the discussion went on for over six months. And that's why I wrote the book. I wrote the book, which is the commentaries of living immortals, and put all this discussion in there when I had a few chapters of information I extracted because I thought either it's an incredible, one of the most incredible stories of all time, or it's just an interesting read. I don't really know. I mean, how would you prove that you're that old? There's really no way you could prove that unless there's some type of genetic analysis and nobody really knows what that is to to determine somebody's that old. Well, you know, um, is it possible with this guy writing you? No, I'm not. You know, I don't know the guy, so I really can't judge what he is. But is it possible that he could have been meditating or have somebody come in telling you this stuff? Uh, it's possible, but I did talk to him on the phone. I saw his picture. He also has a Facebook page. <laughs> and he lives in Scotland, which you might consider interesting given some of the immortal movies that were based in Scotland. Okay. But everything he says to me kind of checks out. One of the most interesting things he said to me near the end of our discussions was this, and this kind of gave me a ring of truth. Either there's there's no other way I can prove it. He said that I was the first mortal to learn all this information over 600 years. 
and that comment has always stuck with me. I don't know why, but I just felt there was some credibility there. I mean, I can't say for sure. Of course not. And even if you were to meet the person physically and they had all sorts of ancient relics, what does that prove? It doesn't really prove anything. But I thought it was a pretty fascinating story. And also the things he said about the number of immortals being on Earth. I don't know, Trish, with all your witchcraft background, does, does that make any sense to you? It, it does. Um, because so th these people, I think when people look for proof, uh, proof, I guess, in, in any such in paranormal or historically or anything like that, um, the only reason they don't accept it is because they have an expectation of what they're meant to find. Right. So when you talk about somebody who says that they, they uh, <laughs> have, I, I think knowledge is what comes through, through bloodlines, through DNA, through spirits, through mediums, through, um, through the planet for that matter or universe or whatever. And so that knowledge is proof because a lot of times when I know when I communicate with spirits or even um, I, I had somebody from Egypt the other day communicating with me for that matter. And so what happens is these people start getting information that nobody else has ever documented per se. And that's where that's kind of your proof. If they have something that has not been, you know, it's like, it's like, um, finding a lost treasure or something new in a tomb. It's, it's no different. It's just uh, coming through the spirit world. Uh, Carrie Langdock says she's fortunate she clicked on tonight. This is in line with embodied ascension. What do you think, Martin? Well, ascension, I look as more, at as more of a spiritual process. We're talking about people who've been embodied in their physical bodies for those incredible amounts of time although those people can certainly have a lot of spiritual growth. And I look at the whole process of living and learning as building your spiritual growth, which means that you probably end up as with having a lot of spiritual abilities like we talked in the last show. And that probably means they also can become disembodied spirits if they want to, or they might even be able to take over somebody else's body. I've read a pretty dark yes. book about that possibility too which really mm -hmm. scared the hell out of me so also, that's what i was going to say as well people who have near-death experiences what if every time that happens i know with me i've often questioned that what if they get a totally different um soul during that transfer mm -hmm. you know what if what if my soul is different every time i died in this lifetime and that that gives you more greater knowledge and greater i, I got an answer for you trish that that happened to me okay 1983, you know, I was drinking alcohol on a drug and abuse. And it was explained to me that when I died, my old soul left and another one popped in, which enlightened my um, gifts, if you want to say. Mm -hmm. like, so, yeah, it does. They're called. I don't know if you ever heard the term walk-ins. Have you heard that term before? Well, yeah, and that, but that can happen. There's a that's a whole nother <laughs> that's a whole nother thing too. Um, but but as far as the the longevity, um, I think the ascension. You know, 
Plus, there's there's certain people who have been on this earth in in multiple lifetimes more often than others. You know, there's some souls this is the first time they've been, ever been here as a human on this planet. And then there's others that this is like they're, you know, they're, they're climbing those stairs and this might be their ninth time. So somebody, a soul who has been to earth nine times in, in multiple lifetimes is obviously going to have, they're going to carry all in their Akashic record, all of that information they've learned from their past lives. Right. So obviously right. that, that would be part of the ascension, you know, how they, have you ever read the book, The Autobiography of a Yogi by Yogananda? Very, very, very famous book. And in that, he mentions that he met this immortal, almost a god, who was 9,000 years old, had the ability to materialize and dematerialize at will. So you imagine if somebody's that old, they probably have mastered their body and their spirit in ways that they can decide to live in this world or not at, at their own will. Absolutely. And I, I 100% believe that too. And I think that's how, you know, you get all of the stories of angels and demons on all these, these things that materialize with superpowers and, um, you know, at will, um, sometimes to help people, sometimes to teach them things like that. What if it's just a, an extremely old, old soul like that, who has mastered that ability? Right. Yeah. Jason, you're quiet. Does any of this make sense to you? <laughs> yeah, I'm learning some stuff. I did want to ask Pat, though, uh, if you think you got somebody else's soul, where do you think yours went? Yeah, seriously. Know. No, no, I'm being honest with you. I you don't think know. it's pretty hot? I don't know. It's probably gone. I mean, seriously, it's not funny because, honestly, it, it happened. Because I'll tell you why. I don't remember from it happened when I was 20 years old. I don't remember my childhood. I oh don't. wow! I Interesting. don't. I've had don't. that. Yeah. Wow. I don't. You don't remember anything from your childhood? Little bits and pieces. That's it. That's how mm. I am. I'm. I, I was a completely different person after a few of the times that that I died. Yeah. So it it, it happened. It's really. It was really crazy because I don't remember my graduation. I don't. I, I remember getting my uh, knuckles cracked by nuns, you know. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, say there, you remember something. Those are nightmares. Oh, shows. yeah, just little bits here, Jason. <laughs> little bits, but not my full where people lived in their past, you know. Not really on tonight's topic, but I don't know if I mentioned last time that I remember before I was born, choosing my mother, being in her womb, and being oh. born. And I even wrote about that in a couple of my books. I don't know why, but I have this continuum of that whole sequence. Even remember being a small boy, and it was like at two years old, I woke up and realized I'd been a, kind of in a trance uh, while I'd been born. It was like two, two years old, I became aware of my surroundings. So, but anyway, I have that in my, in my memory, and uh, I have heard of other people. I've talked to other mothers whose children told them that they picked them as a mom. So I don't know how common that is. But uh, anyway. I, I heard that too. I've heard that too. I've communicated with, when I've been pregnant with my children before, like obviously before they were ever born. Mm -hmm. um, that, 
Well, does e it even before I was pregnant, woman? probably. Think about that. They choose you. They chose mm -hmm. you to be the mom. Yeah. So, so I would be communicating with this, this spirit, not, and, and, and then, you know, it would all start making sense after I found out I was pregnant and, and while, while I was pregnant. Um, uh, but that's, but that's profound if you think about it, you know, because that communication, that connection started long before I, I ever had them or, or before. Um, I see Carrie's comment. They say we all choose our families, which is in line with that. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting. And uh, so, so there's longevity, there's immortals, there's living before birth. It's all connected to our spirits. And I could go into a lot more depth. But I don't know what else to tell you. I should say on my website, I have buttons for each of the categories of my books. One is for longevity and immortality. And you can drill down into that and see all my books on this topic. So uh, any more questions? Are any of the immortals vampires that everybody associates immortals with? Mm. <laughs> Good question. That's, that's a great question. I don't know if vampires are real or not. I don't know if any of you have had, had any experience with that or not. It's certainly a popular movie genre. Mm -hmm. but I've really never seen somebody who is actually like that. Now, do these people believe they're immortal or do they have any sense of if they are or? Are Which they, people? The, long the immortals. People? The immortals. Yeah. I mean, do they have? A, do they know they're immortal? Do they have any recollection, or do they have any? Well, they do. They do know that they're immortal because they've lived a, a long time. At least that's what they claim. Part of what I got in my book, and one of the chapters I extracted it, was that there are exercises for becoming immortal. And Trish, I'd like to know if you think this makes any sense. One of the things they said is if you go into a a place like a deep forest and meditate and then try to connect to the spirit of the forest, that that's a way to draw that immortal sense into your body. Does that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. Because anything that has trees obviously have some of the deepest roots of anything else in the forest especially that's why it's so devastating when you go to like the redbud trees and things like that, that have been around for there, you go to the oldest thing and that has the most connection to the source. So whether I can see, and that goes to vampires too, you know, there's, there's obviously energy vampires and all kinds of things who would get more, um, I guess, vitality from that because trees are, are connected to the source and have greater roots. So anything with deeper roots, even bloodlines, if you think about it, um, it that goes back to like royal, royal families, um, anything, you know, Egyptian blood, things like that has deeper roots closer to the source. So that makes a lot of sense. Now, here's a comment from a woman, XV Planus, who says she's come across immortalists a few times. And now I have, I know about immortalists. There are groups of people in this country and other countries who believe in immortality for themselves. They're, they're not yet immortal, but they get together on a regular basis. There's a group I used to go attend down in Orange County that felt that, and they had all sorts of longevity and immortal speakers. And so there are people that are very much into this. Now, could it could there be a like see to me it sounds like these people were cursed 
to be honest with you. And I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, this is my own opinion. And that I wonder if they wished so hard to stay alive that they are staying alive. That's, that's a good question. I don't know the answer. I do know that because I believe in the 10 principles that I talked about earlier, that your belief in being alive is something that will keep you alive. I put that under the principle of enabling your life urge because like, for instance, out here in Los Angeles, there's a cemetery that advertises on the radio and says, well, you're getting up there in your fifties and sixties, you ought to come in and buy a plot. So they're getting people to expect that they're going to drop dead and therefore they're nice setting thought. people subconscious expectations. Oh, I don't like to hear yes. So one of the things you need to do is change your subconscious if you really want to, if you have a life purpose to not have the expectation that you're going to die. So again, it's it's a psychological, spiritual barrier that a lot of people have to pierce. So would it be better to be an immortal or would it better to be a spirit because they're pretty much immortal as well? Yes. Good question, Joe. Jason. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that, except I do believe we come to this earth to learn things. And there's things we can learn being physically embodied here, which we can't learn in other places. So I think both are important. You want to have a life or multiple lives here and then go back to the spirit. In fact, one of the things I felt before I was born was what I felt I needed to go back to earth. I was in a place way above the earth and I kind of broke a piece of my spirit off to go down towards the earth. But the main part of me stayed up in this spirit realm so i think you know we get we collect a lot of this experience and when we die we bring it back to our our main spirit and merge it if that makes any sense again this is very subjective and not analytical at all so i'm, I'm getting into some pretty far out stuff yeah and before we go on we have to take this short break and talk about yuna dragon I'm going to take a moment to talk about my good friends at unidragon.com. The 20th century, with all the gadgets, and electronics have made it hard to relax. Puzzles have become a convenient and actual way of having rest. It also has a means to train your brain as well. And my friends at Unidragon have created puzzles. But the cool thing about their puzzles, they're a work of art. They do so much for you that I didn't even know it was possible. They reboot the brain. They help you relax. They help with burnout. They help with attention training, observation development, analytical ability, and even social interactions. These puzzles are relatively simple tools that solves a complex range of problems. In game form, they help with analytical and communicative skills in all spheres of our life that we need. And one thing about these puzzles is their work of art. They're beautiful. There's animals, nature seems to choose from, mounting systems, kids' puzzles, world map puzzles. You can find all their puzzles and all their products, unidragon.com. And I have a special promo code. They were wonderful to give us. It's chasing. The discount code is 10% off, and you can go to their website, unidragon.com, and use it and choose from so many puzzles. We make the perfect gift for family and friends. Thanks, Unidragon. Don't forget, they're great. <laughs> go ahead. Talking about, we're talking about uh, longevity with Marty. And I just want to say, Marty, um, I have a question for you. Uh, when, these, when these immortals or these people, 
have offspring? Do they inherit that? That's a good question too, which I don't know. I know genetically, if we come from a long lived family, our genetics say that we will probably live longer, but as an immortal, I don't know. I, I suspect not because I think it has to do with a lot more than our physical bodies. I think it has to do with our spiritual connection also. But I, it's not something I really know, or truthfully, that I never asked one of them. Yeah, I just was so that born. would be terrible if, like, you're an immortal and say you, you know, you reproduce and have children and everything, and they're not immortal. I so know. You're going to go through your whole life and then just watching your, your children just die. die. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That, would be, that would be the worst thing. I don't know. You have to really want to live longer. Well, you have to find out if they have if any of these immortals have children. Maybe they don't have children. But I, I think once you release, see, that's part of the human experience and the and the ego uh, realm. Because once you release that and you realize that no, but souls don't go anywhere. We're always here. We're we're always somewhere in this universe, multiverse, whatever it is. You kind of release that um, when people die physically yes that's painful and hurts but you if you continue living you're still going to run into them i ran into a lady uh just walking one day in a park who told me she was actually almost 90 and she told me she's already met multiple family members again in this lifetime in other bodies so for instance when she, from the time she was a little girl she had actually reincarnated um as her her father in this life she was his mother in a past life and she remembered that so people and we always are innately drawn to people from our past lives whether it be karmic to um right a wrong or learn a lesson or, or whatever it may be and, and that's you know i i think it was carrie that said that's we choose our families well, a lot of people in this life have been there in past lives. So once you start getting into um, past life regression and things like that, you start remembering these past lives. So I think by living that long, if you embrace the experience instead of thinking everything is permanent. I couldn't take the gamble, you know, having a child and, you know, just figuring i might see them again someday yeah. in another form that just that just don't sit well with me hey martin i have a question to ask yeah. you um these um people who are immortal did they have you researched anything on is it a diet or is it just how are they you know eating drinking? how do they do it yeah very good question because obviously I don't know all the answers to that. I think that a lot of it has to do with spiritual aspects, that the if they're connected to their spirit, if they're spiritually evolved, that it helps bring down health into their physical bodies. And also what we were talking about earlier, about the idea of being, get, being in a forest and taking in the essence of that consciousness, I think that can also have an effect. And... Otherwise, I don't have a good answer for you. I do want to refer to a comment that somebody made on here a few minutes ago where they said, what's our purpose here? Mm -hmm. And I think it's two things. One is going along with what Trish said about 
reincarnation, we definitely come to this earth for one reason, to take in more knowledge, to learn more, to grow our minds and our bodies. And that's something that helps us in our total consciousness, our spiritual consciousness, when we die. The other reason I think that people come here is they want to contribute something to our world. I think there have been certain great masters throughout history who have come to our world to provide their spiritual perspective or invent things or provide a political uh, essence to the world. So I think that the spirits want to contribute to our earth also to help the world in general evolve. So that's why I think there's two reasons. And as far as how people do it, I, I actually just read a good example today. Um, this lady who was uh, in her late seventies, early eighties, and um, she had, you know, arthritis, dementia, all these things could barely walk, was overweight. And uh, her daughter was a, a personal trainer and um, encouraged her to change her life by, by just exercising and doing things because we get in this mindset that just because we're aging, we, we have to be frail and not do anything anymore. And the lady completely changed her life Mm -hmm. by, so, so it is a lot going back to the roots, you know, that's why people eat root vegetables. That's why um, there's a lot of um, connections to spirit in that, as far as the herbalism exercise because it keeps your your blood flow it keeps the biggest thing about longevity which is very very hard to i guess balance is chakra chakra balance um and once you and that 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 includes everything so that makes sense because opening your chakras and you learning to use those energies in your body is part of that spiritual growth experience and I've had a lot of experience opening my crown chakra and my heart chakra. And I can see that the other ones being open would benefit me a lot also. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you're saying, Trish. And then yeah. if you, what you feed your brain, our, our brain's our biggest muscle. You know, if you feed it negativity, if you feed it fear that you're going to die or get sick or your kids are going to whatever, that's going to manifest, you know, uh, it's, it's our inner and outer worlds. I have one question. I have one. Um, we had a caller. I just lost them. So if you want to call back, you can also hit the link. You can hit the link in the chat and you can come on and just do audio if you prefer or video. So if you want to give us a call back, caller, go ahead. Call on in. Come on in. Yeah. Join us for Torture Tuesday. <laughs> I is raising cellular frequency. And that's, that's good. Yes. It, anything that raises your vibration makes you essentially immune to... All, all kinds of things, negativity, illnesses, everything. Right. How, how do we know that this isn't like these immortals or people who live to be years, you know, like 100, 200, whatever, aren't like extraterrestrial? That, good question. Are they immortals too? Really, really interesting comment. Uh, yeah. I don't know the answer to that. I think a lot of disembodied spirits may be extraterrestrial. And I think extraterrestrials have visited our Earth. That's a whole nother discussion. Yeah. But, you know, maybe maybe the basis of the human race were was was based on human human looking extraterrestrials or maybe we're based on them. So it's possible. I I don't know the answer to that. A lot of these subjects seem to merge together and all have impacts on each other. 
when you when you really look at all of the out of the box types experiences or knowledge that people have collected. I'm going to ask a question to the panel here. Um, do you think the government or doctors came up with a pill that would just let you live forever? Do we think they did or they're going to? Uh, going to or maybe did. Were they probably if the government ask? was to make a pill for that, it's so we could pay them more money over time. <laughs> no, you're no, he's right. He's I agree right. with that. Then you uh, can keep us alive. There's money involved. Money. Yeah, there's money involved. Definitely. Because once you get to certain spirituality levels, money and power and all of those materialistic three dimensional things, you know, don't you you don't have the desire for that. So why would somebody, you, you know, what I mean, um, so, so yeah, I think personally, that I don't think the government has developed that. I have run across some companies that sell things that help keep the teller telomeres on the end, which are the end caps of your chromosomes more mm -hmm. complete. That's supposedly one of the things that will help your longevity, but I haven't seen any medicine or pill that claims it will, it will give you extreme longevity or immortality. With stem cells, that's, that could be something into that stem cells are changing. Right. Ah, good one there, Jen. Think about it, right? You're on your way out the door, man, going six feet under. And, that, that's and somebody... one reason I have the science, the uh, science of longevity, and what science can do to contribute to your life as an, as a part of my ten principles. I think that's definitely a factor. We can learn things from science, which will help us age and stay healthy. And of course, the more we stay healthy, the longer we're going to want to live. I don't think anybody who's totally decrepit may want to live many years longer, but if we're healthy, we can have experience new careers, new relationships, new lives. Why not? I think genetics will wipe people out continuously. Oh yeah. If like you if you got genetics. cancers or something, it's like running in your line, no matter what you do, something's going to happen. That's I don't, I, don't I think that's just because we have that mindset. I 100% think that you can change um, and that's huge when, when you come to, you know, pagan or witches beliefs, obviously, um, because it, it's kind of a cursed mindset, you know, once you change that, um, it only takes one generation to change that mindset forever, because I believe that cancer even is caused by our stress, um, all of the, the modern world toxins and stuff. And once you... Um, once you're free of that, you know, because I, I've personally known, um, even my own family, multiple people who have healed themselves from cancer and such. And so that would change the future DNA, the future energy reson resonance in your um, genetic makeup. Yeah, but what about the uh, cancer cells that are already in your blood? They're just benign and it's at some point they become active. That's where it's at. Like you they already become have active it. because of stress. You already have it. Like, it doesn't matter what you do. It's in your blood. It's in all of our blood right now. You know, it's just a matter if it becomes active and creates tumors. Yeah, we have, to, yeah, you, we do have cancer cells. It just takes something to bring it out. Could be anything. Trauma. Yeah. yeah. Although I do think our spirit has an overriding effect on our health. And spirit, the integration of spirit, mind, and body is critical to our health and longevity. And we are probably exposed to these th things and cancer all the time. 
But if we're healthy and we stay de-stressed, if our spirits are healthy, that helps. I mean, there's no absolute answer here, but I think it's all part of the mix of remaining a healthy, vibrant person in in a long life. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I I like what you said there, Martin, but the way the world's going right now, how in the hell can you be happy? (laughs) Well, remember, I I think somebody once studied there were only like 20 years in human history when there was no war. I think that there's always bad things going on. And yes, there's a lot of bad things right now between the pandemic and wars and loss of freedoms. But I think we can remain optimistic people. We can live through these things. We can have productive lives. We can have satisfaction in our lives. And a lot of it has to do with our mindset. The the more positive mindset we have, the more effective and happier our life is going to be i i i don't know because i know a lot of people and i'll be the first one to admit it i don't have no positivity in my mind all the time i don't think i could live in positivity all my life i couldn't then i would think that there would be something wrong with me if i was thinking positive all the time well, and that's me. Well, Marty, can you help Sean believe that he can repair his energy and make it more positive? Well, the first thing I was thinking is in the 10 principles book, if you were to look at that, Sean, under principle number two, defining the purpose in life, the more you work on your purpose in life, the more you learn, work on reasons to be alive. And I have some exercises for that in that book and also in my online training on personal-longevity.com and in other books of mine, the more you will find something that keeps you interested in continuing and in, in going on. Could you and, show him some of these principles, Marty? I'm sorry, say it again. Can you tell us some of these principles that could help Sean? Well, again, this is the 10 principles I mentioned earlier. I don't know if there's a way for me to display it. Like, is a there a way that he could... I don't know, Where would I have to go to read it, Morty? Uh, Buy it on Amazon. The book I you could go to Amazon and get the Ten Principles of Personal Longevity. Okay, and that's that's the book that I'm talking about because in that in that book, and it gives you the Ten Principles. It tells you what you can do for each one, and specifically on your life urge, it provides you with exercises. I also on my website mkeddingtonbooks.com under the category of longevity and immortality there's also training guides and in these tra- there's 10 training guides one for each of the 10 principles and you can read those which are basically text versions of my audiovisual online training program and in that in the second book it goes into what I do in the online training for helping you with your uh, your life urge mm-hmm. so Again, a lot of these things are psychological issues. And once we break through those psychological issues, it helps us tremendously in our life. Um, I, I agree with that. And also nowadays, I've found, you know, as through herbal nutrition studies and, and as a trainer myself, uh, so many people, surprising, well, it's not surprising, but have 
certain things like like vitamin deficiency, something as simple as that, a vitamin deficiency, vitamin D, B12, things like that, that significantly affect their uh, their mindset, you know, depression, anxiety, all kinds of things that cause um, upsets. And so they think they're crazy or, or depressed or, but one little change like that, you know, helps. And then of course, it, absolutely mindset. You know, I, as Sean was saying, I don't, I don't watch the news. I don't pay attention to negativity. I focus on my, myself and, you know, my kids and stuff, my self growth. So I don't, all the other things, yes, it's all of our reality, but, you know, say, say today in this moment, that's not my immediate reality. That's not something you, you have to focus on the good too. Yeah, definitely. If I, if I can mention in my own life, I've been through divorce. I've been through open heart surgery. Mm. I've been, I've been through being a multimillionaire and going broke. And I was able to recover from all those things because I have an attitude that says we have a purpose in life. I have a purpose in my life and that there's more here to learn. And there's many more experiences that I'll be able to have with people the longer I live. I, I enjoy my life. I enjoy the people that I meet. Mm -hmm. I do exercise regularly and I do enjoy my life. So I think if you have the right attitude, it helps you live longer and it helps you enjoy oh, it too. Yes. What if you find your purpose early? Does that mean you would uh, probably die sooner per se? I think you would. Then they probably could say the person's got the wrong purpose. Maybe their purpose <laughs> should be something that's more long-term. <laughs> uh, what, would, what would be long-term purpose? What? I mean, you've done everything that you could possibly do. Being a teacher being a, a philosopher to teach younger people meaning for their lives and also having different careers. I mean, yeah. becoming a doctor, a medical doctor or becoming a pilot mm -hmm. or all sorts of things. There are many things that I haven't done in my life that I'd like to do. And if I can stay healthy and live longer, there's a lot of those things to do. More relationships. I have had fairly unsuccessful relationships. I could have more successful ones. Although as I get more, as I have more spiritual growth, I don't want one just for the sake of having one. I want one where that we can add one and one equals three type of thing. Mm -hmm. so, your purpose in life might be just to just when you fail, just keep, keep getting you up and just keep trying to strive for better. That could be your life purpose just to see how far you can go, you know, pulling right. your bootstraps up. It's easier said than done, though. Yeah. And sometimes one of your purpose is just to be, yeah. just to experience. But but it's so hard as humans for us to do that because we're always either living in the past or the future. So presence is... Or if this is where it. you're supposed to be at this precise moment in time. I think we're always where we're supposed to be at any given time. <clears throat> Yeah. We can see from this whole discussion on longevity how there's a lot more factors than just about our physical body. There's a lot of psychological factors. There's a lot of spiritual factors. There's a lot of issues that affect the whole spirit, mind, and body and how that well that's integrated mm -hmm. together that will help you live longer or not. And so. 
you see the comment that Nina um, said that it can't be for all, though, because Gandhi died at 78 and he had all the peace and spiritual growth anybody could have. <clears throat> yeah, maybe, maybe he had he had finished the purpose he was here for. Yeah. But I, that doesn't say that other people can't have a lot longer purposes. Some people may have short reasons for living and other people may have a lot longer reasons for living. I, I still have a hard time, Marty, thinking that there's immortals that live to be, you know, 300, 400 years old. It is a hard concept. It took me years to get used to it. But when I was confronted by lots and lots of evidence and continued evidence, I mean, there's articles you see every year about somebody in Indonesia who's celebrating yeah. their 50th birthday or something. And then you ask, well, science says that's not possible. But I think it's important to open our minds, open to new concepts and not shut out things just because it's not acceptable. And that's, that's another thing I would say is a big problem with our society. We suppress a lot of truth because it's not political. It's not something you want to be comfortable with. We need to be open-minded to many different types of truth. And, and I don't want to get political except to say in the pandemic, there were a lot of treatments that people, which many doctors said would keep them alive and a lot of those treatment pressed by the Food and Drug Administration. And, oh, and a lot of them were yes, suppressed, right. They could have mm -hmm. kept them alive, and they didn't because... People, in fact, being an engineer, the reason I wanted to be an engineer was I was interested in the truth of our reality. I was interested in what were the fundamental building blocks of our civilization. And the same thing goes for our concepts. All the things we're taught, all the concepts we believe, are things that have been impressed on us by authorities, by either teachers in school or ministers, priests in, in religious uh, institutions. But I believe that we have to search for the truth ourselves. And I, I say that whether it's spiritual truth or paranormal truth or truth about political realities, we can't just accept what people tell us because mm -hmm. life is a lot more interesting and a lot more complicated than that. And I think that's another way to stay interested in life by questioning the things we've been taught. I question everything. I consider myself kind of an out-of-the-box person. That's why I've written so many books on so many different out-of-the-box topics. Because the more I learn, the more I research, the more I realize that there's a lot more which is strange in our world and wonderful in our world than we are taught to believe. I don't mean to preach, but they, you kind of got yeah, I, I agree. I know, you know, at 40, I realized a few years ago, I know absolutely nothing because the more you, like I said, with your brain, um, it being a, a tool uh, for, for ascension and spiritual growth and things like that, the more you feed it, the more you learn your, it's the world and the universe is and science even it's constantly evolving. And so you start realizing, learning something new every day. And I think that's, um, that's the ultimate, as far as being open-minded and out of the box, you know, because I get excited and then I'm like, and then I'll think I know something today that I just learned and then it'll change tomorrow because I learned something new. Well, I see where you're coming from there, Trish. I could yeah, see where you're so, coming from. So, so if you constantly, but, but I'm like a child. So if you have that childlike wonder of finding, being curious and constantly exploring and, and thinking, change your perspective on these things as, as this, you know, 
they always say our, our spiritual experience, things happen for, for us, not to us. So once you change your perspective, it changes. Even if you look back on things from like when you were a child or movies, um, I, I've gotten a lot of um, Time magazines from the 40s and 50s. And I read those and I think, wow, how look how much science and politics and everything has become, even the ads. You know, they had babies smoking cigarettes and some ads back then. And I'm like, <laughs> What? That's bad. Yeah. But you know what? Here's, here's the way I look at life. Here's the way I look at it. God knows when he's going to take you. So you just keep on living. Sean, I, I think That's you were it. given spiritual gifts for a reason. You were Who given me? those gifts to use. Yes. You were given okay. those gifts to use in your life because there's purpose in your life, even if you may not totally realize it. And those are gifts that you have to take advantage of, which will make your life more meaningful. If that makes any sense. It makes a ton of sense, but that's for another show. Okay. <laughs> Stick around <laughs> and listen to my show. And then, yeah. It's... Are you talking about your gifts tonight, Sean? No. no. Well, let's no. take a moment and thank our um, sponsor for sponsoring the second hour. Carnation, thank you for sponsoring this hour. I need Have to step out for a second unless you're going to cut me off. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Martin's like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I still think so, it has to do with elementals or extraterrestrials. I, I I don't know. I have a, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I could ask questions all night on this subject, or I could give my thoughts and views on this subject all night. But like I said before, it all comes down to when God says you're ready to go, you're going. And and that's why I look at it. So why not? I agree with you, Sean, on that one. Yeah. So why not enjoy life until he says, okay, it's time for me to punch you out and you're gone. <laughs> so what if you just dropped over right now, Pap? What should we do? What would you guys do? Oh. I'm Should ready. we call nine one one and try and guess your address, or just kind of be like, "Well, he served his purpose." He served his purpose. Served my purpose, buddy. I'm not even. Don't even speak those things into. The... Put those <laughs> things into the universe. Or... Yes. Uh, you see, Seth, Sammy, and I have no <laughs> idea what they're talking. Those are about. is that those spam? Are those are hackers. Uh, <laughs> they don't, I don't see know. any of the chat tonight. They so. might be from a different. No, no, no. Trust me. They are. They're hackers. They must like you, though, because they're... No, no, no. Hey, you're blonde. Trish is blonde. I'm I not blonde. Like you better. I was I'm blonde. blonde. What? Well, uh, it looks like it's blonde. I'm gray. I baby. have red hair. You have red hair. I'm, I'm all natural. I'm going... I'm my natural gray. Salt and pepper. <laughs> yeah, it's time to... More salt and pepper, Jay? I have an announcement since we're waiting for... I'm going to be a grandma twice. I told you. Well, I just found out I'm going to get to play Barbie dolls, too. Are they all girls? One okay. boy and a girl. Boy and a girl. <laughs> So I'm excited. Barbie dolls. Yeah, oh Barbies my are my favorite. Do they still do they still sell those? Yes. Oh no. Well, we're waiting for Martin. Oh, here he is. He's here. Okay, we're back. Okay, I see you. I see you. Ba welcome back, Martin. Martin welcome back. Welcome, welcome back, to Martin. Torture Tuesday. Thank you for letting me letting me take the quick break. Yeah. Oh, you feel better? 
Not a problem. Yes, I, I, I answered the call of nature. Yes, <laughs> definitely. I have a question, Martin. Uh, and, and this is actually my kind of off topic for everyone tonight because I I want to know, and it's it's interesting um, with the two, two, two. But what, paranormally speaking, what has been the scariest thing you've ever experienced as far as human definition for fear, I guess? Well, I think I told you last time I was on about my experience with the spirit attacking me, right? She wasn't on. Yes. She wasn't on on that show, but. Oh, okay. Well, that was the time we, we cleared the house and contained the spirits in the plastic bottle of water, and they attacked us in the car. Oh, I mean, yes. I was yes. there. Oh, you were? So okay. That's, that's number one. That's my number second one. Scariest, my second scariest experience is I'm an old Eagle Scout backpacker. And in the 80s, I took a backpack on the Appalachian Trail and had to fight a bear. I don't know if you want the details. Oh, of what? Yeah, yeah, I want to hear the details. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I want to hear the details, Marty. All right. So I had a friend. I was living in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I had a friend drop me off at Klingman's Dome, which is an out, o- overlook over the Appalachian Trail. And my idea was to hike about 60 miles over several days. So that's what I started to do. And the first night I got to a lean-to, and I should mention the lean-tos on that part of the Appalachian Trail are three-sided, three walls. One side has a fireplace in it. They have bunks. And then there's a steel mesh across the front. And there's a steel door made of a a mesh with a a steel surrounding it. And you have two chains, one part to chain the top and one part to chain the bottom, even though it's a single door. So the first night was pretty normal. I was I met some other campers. They said there were bears on the trail. This is in about September, October, like 1983. And so that was fine. Nice evening. The next day I'm hiking down and I get to the lean-to where I'm going to stay for the evening. But in front of the lean-to is a mother bear and her cub. And I saw another guy coming from the other direction. So I waved him to stop. And we waited for about 20 minutes until she wanders off into the woods. So we get into the lean-to. I chained the door just on the top half. That was the big mistake. Well, that was one mistake. The other big mistake, which I can't believe I did because I'm an experienced camper, is I got out my cook stove and started cooking bacon. (laughs) Oh, no. Dude. Big mistake. So the mother bear comes running back, trying to get into the lean-to. She's clawing the screen. She's trying to dig out rocks that are too big. Finally, she decides to start pushing through the door and she's pushing it wider and wider. And I thought, Oh my God. And I'm about three or four feet from her. And the other guy runs in the back and jumps up on a bunk. And I realized if she got in there, she was probably going to maul me to death, but there were some steel signposts in the lean to. So as she looked like she was about to break in, her head was all the way through, it was under shoulders, either the door was going to break or something. So I was really figured this is it. This is my moment. And I didn't want to die easily. So I took the post and I went, ah, jammed her as hard as possible into the forehead and between her eyes. And she growls and pulls out and wanders around with her head shaking. So I know I really got her. It would have killed a person. And then she tried to get back in a couple of times. But then the other guy and I start poking her with posts. So this is not the end of the story. She left us alone. We've had our cold dinner and we went you to sleep. You literally poked a bear. <laughs> That's right. So the next day I got to another lean-to and I'd heard from other hikers, there's more bears further down the trail. I thought, oh, wonderful. 
and this one was pretty good. I'd locked myself in both, both sides of the door and I decided to start cooking in the fireplace. And of course a snake has been resting in the chimney and comes right down almost into my lap. And I jump out of the way and I cook my meal. And then these boars are rooting up on the dirt there. They're rooting in the dirt and boars have tusks. They can be dangerous, but I was locked in. I was safe. I also cut myself a big walking stick that night because I knew there'd be problems further down the trail. So the next night on the trail, I hike over this mountain. It's like I've already gone 20 plus miles over this mountain to get down to a place called Spence Field, where I'd been before on day hikes. And in Spence Field, there's a lean, another lean-to, and it's surrounded by all sorts of trash. And you can tell that these are this is trash that the bears have picked through, and there's definitely bears around. But I was out of water. So I, I locked my pack in the lean-to, and I took my canteen, and I went down to a stream that was about a half mile down, and I knew knew it was there to get some water. And I come back and, oh my God, what do I see? Another mother bear and her cub outside the lean-to trying to get in to get my pack. And I thought, oh my God, what do I do? I'm outside now. Now I heard, these are black bears, understand, not brown bears. If it had been brown bear, I probably wouldn't have done this. But I heard that if you throw things at black bears, you might scare them away. So I started picking up a bunch of rocks and I started tossing them tossing them towards it and I got them close and I hit her on the side and she looks at me and I thought oh my god now is not the time to freeze so I charged her throwing more rocks and I charged this bear and by god she runs into the woods and her cub goes up a tree and so I got inside the lean-to and I my hands are shaking and I, I locked it and I thought oh my god I'm not staying here another night I'm not going to stay here I can't take this anymore so I put on my backpack and of course I'm full of adrenaline and I remember I'd already had a long hike that day, but I unlocked it. And I looked around. There was nothing there. I ran literally five miles down the exit trail. It was a 10-mile trail, but I ran five miles down there and then decided I was safe. And even when I got down to the bottom, there were bears probing in the campsite down there, but I stayed away from them. So anyway, <laughs> that was the last time I experienced a lot of bears. I've seen bears on other trips, but that was up close and personal. How yeah, they say about bears very is, uh, they say uh, if it's black, fight back. If it's brown, lay down. And if it's white, forget about it. So, but that was the second scariest experience. The scariest experience was the spirit attacking me. That's it was scary. Like, it was my mind. So it's interesting, though. You know, if you think of of animals and, and you were so you were young i assume since that was eagle scouts right yeah well, I, I uh, wasn't, I, yeah that was 1983 so oh, Sean, that's the same year you died 55 i was born yeah it is well that so is. bears you know symbolize yeah. uh, <laughs> to uh they they symbolize longevity and and strength and um so it's a very powerful people. spirit animal. And so when that crosses your path, you know, it's, it's, it's telling you to trust your instincts and um, let go of things that block your path. So that's interesting that you, you had that, you conquered a bear, you know, back. That's in. really interesting. <laughs> to powerful spirit animals. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and the fact that you saw a snake too, right? So I always pay attention to these things. People laugh at me with all my animal spirit guides, you know, um, snakes are, are, are neither good nor bad. You know, I don't consider any animal good or bad. Like people think black cats. No, the, the animal itself is not bad. 
usually they're telling you something or trying to teach you something. So I got yeah. my book about snakes. Well, I certainly learned a lot from oh, that experience. I bet you I'd did. Rather not repeat. It's like that movie was it with um, Leonardo DiCaprio, um, Reverend. Is that what it was? With the oh, bear. Yeah, that's Story. Uh, yeah, it was a good. Was yeah, good I love. That's one of my favorite movies. Ah, snake. What do we got? Um, Jason, what's, what's your? Jackson. <laughs> it is transmutation. Transmutation. Yes. <laughs> because they shed their skin. Yep. Yeah, Jason. What's your scariest paranormal event? Well, the scariest event that I had was uh, probably a few weeks ago. Uh, me and my wife was messing around and i decided to get a little sassy and i didn't know she was right behind the door and about popped out and knocked me half across the room <laughs> you know, i'm six two and it scared me right on my boots i went flying out the back door so i ain't coming back in that house <laughs> oh that's crazy well marty um thank you so much for being on the show yeah, marty um, have a good thank well, you thank, and you, very much. thank you martin books i always enjoy it again my website one more time <clears throat> mkettingtonbooks.com spelled m-k-e-t-t-i-n-g-t-o-n-b-o-k-s.com i've got buttons for each of the categories of my books there's over 120 on very out-of-the-box subjects so i really enjoyed being on here again with all of you you're really fun to be with yeah and, and looking we'll forward to doing something yeah sometime. march 22nd is that the next day we have you on i think i, I believe think it's so. march 22nd so thank you very much. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Have a good Tuesday on Take Tuesday. <laughs> great show. Yeah. Yeah. He was a great guest. He's fun. I like him. So, guys, um, oh, I want to go. go. Here we go to the second half of the show. Da, da, da. So just remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on YouTube and subscribe. Okay, so a second power to the show. Sean, did you know that there's an invisible force field <laughs> in the outer space? Did you know that? I did not know that until I read everything about it. Yeah. Um, I don't, is there? I don't, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Jason, do you, did you, have you ever heard of uh, Alan's, Alan Belt's yeah. Trish? Yeah, I, I've heard of it. I, I believe that. I believe there's an invisible force field around everything. Yeah, there's supposed to be radiation. And it's like, what was one of the questions we, we were talking about? What was the question I wanted you guys to answer? And is it if it's impossible, because they said there's, there's radiation that you cannot get through. This is supposed to be deadly. Um, if it's impossible for humans living or living beings to enter Alan's belt. How can there be aliens and how can aliens enter the atmosphere? Because they're not the same as humans. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They can be well they got adapted. the technology that they can do it. And if their so-called UFO uh, mm. is fast and quick, it can go through that zone. Well, it's protecting our protecting us uh protecting earth and it has like really high radiation and you so you but, think that they're because they're aliens it's like a protective blanket over swirling in a ring of <laughs> radiation <laughs> deadly okay radiation. i mean look at that um what, what what's that uh microbe it's they call it something bare it's a little 
you know, microbe or whatever that can survive nuclear radiation and everything of that nature. So why couldn't, you know, extraterrestrials? Exactly. Right? You know what I'm talking? Do you know what I'm talking about? There's that microbe that scientists found. They, I forget what exactly the name of it, but they call it like something bare and uh, it survived everything. There's think, no way to kill it. Because they're aliens, it because it could mess up their DNA, it would mess everything up. Well, if you were looking at that YouTube thing, whenever NASA decided to shoot off the Apollo, right, or after the Apollo, they they somehow figured a way in order to get to the littlest part of uh, that thing, the protection thing. Did you read that? Did you hear that? The the, the YouTube video. Yeah, it was a YouTube video. So Apollo's mission, NASA had to create a radiation barrier to get them through that. They space. had to go in quick, but they took the shortest point in that. Um, thing. They were traveling as fast as possible. Yeah. Through the smallest part of that field. They were going like, uh, what was it, 20 um, an hour per hour, 25 kilo um, milli- kilometers? Is that what they call it? I thought it, took it was them well, going through, it would take like 52.8 minutes, they said, to pass through the belt. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't think it has to do with, with whether they're aliens. So, again, back to <laughs> damn witches. Um, it, it's, <laughs> um, as above, so below theory. So I was watching this thing, kind of a good uh, graphic explanation of this on firewalkers in, in other societies. So, they, they walk across, the, there's some that walk across the fire. And this is like, I don't know how many degrees, um, but that they remain completely unharmed. Um, there's no, some of them get harmed, but then there's other ones that don't. Because it's, if you consider even just our world, part of the matrix, you know, mm-hmm. why the matrix, so sure. everything has holes and it's kind of like our aura is the same way our skin everything so you're saying that they're using their mind they have this like mind yeah meditation like like a yes and and anything can get a hole in it if you think about you know humans our skin you get you get a hole in your your skin you leak blood you get a hole in your aura you're susceptible to spiritual attacks we have a hole in our ozone we're susceptible to more radiation all these everything um, builds them on that, I think. So in, in what Sean was saying, when they go through the uh, the shortest point, you know, which would take, would be less likely, I guess it wouldn't cause as much harm. Um, I think that that's the same in anything. Um, even like portals and stuff, that's a hole. That's, that's something for something else to come through. Right. Now, I do believe that they said that the astronauts, when they came back, you know, they did a radiation thing on them and it was like, they, they, it was like getting two CT scans. That's how much they had. A lot of radiation. How about Chernobyl? The elephant's foot. Yeah, that that wiped out a lot of people. And look at the animals. Look what it did to the animals over there. They deformed them. Moving in, how strong your barrier is. As far as people, the earth, whatever it is, um, you know, that's that's why it's been so important uh, with our our ozone lately. Um, and yeah. I remember this from when I was little because it, I was in I remember I was in fifth grade and I went to a school called Harrison Schmidt, which was an astronaut. And we learned about all these things. Um, 
and I did a science experiment on the green on the greenhouse project. So I literally made a greenhouse with all the planets in it with a barrier, a protective barrier to show that, you know, if the sun or aliens or whatever was going to come through, if there was one little pinhole, that would create enough space for something, even as small as a microbe, to get through and could literally destroy the entire planet. Hmm. Very interesting. Interesting. It takes us one little pinhole. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Okay, we're going moving on to our next topic, guys. Oh, did you all know that there is uh, <laughs> it was oh, Geller? Yuri Geller says that there's a massive extraterrestrial invasion coming. <sighs> That's what oh, I'm looking geez. forward to. Come so let's, on, let's take a look at this. <laughs> let's take please. a please because we have so many holes in our protective barrier now. Yeah, let's take a look and see what he says. Can you see that? Yeah. I can't, I can't even see it. I'm going to have to make it bigger. Do you see where he says it is? There it is. You see that little bugger? Yeah, but... Wow. They're in our ocean, Jenny. Yeah, but this one, this guy says that he believes that there's a giant energy source. That's what we were talking about, which astronomers discovered a distance of 4,000 light years probably a message from superior beings. So he believes that they're, they're coming, but, but they're coming. There's like 4,000 light years away. But being a UFO, they can probably be there in 30, 30 minutes. But did you hear the, did you read the rebuttal on that? What did he say? There was people who rebuttaled it um, saying it, it wasn't, um, what he was saying, it was, I really wish I can remember, but I know that some of the NASA people were saying that it was just some kind of wave or something like that. It was not alien. It was some type of other thing going on. So I, I can't see, my God, 4,000 aliens, please. <laughs> <laughs> Four thousand light years like away. Four thousand light years away. We'll think we'll all be well dead. We'll be way dead. dead. Well, you never know. <laughs> I think. Well, I, well, according to like John, what did he say? Marty said we could live to be. <laughs> I would not yeah, want to be that long. I would not want to live that long. I don't either because all your friends. Are yeah, the golden crown won't be around in a thousand years. It hey. would be sad. You lose all your friends. The Golden Corral is a hell of a place to eat. So, what is your um, <laughs> off-topic? Uh, we got Trisha's. What was your off-topic for tonight? Who mine? On, yeah. Um, how people treat other people. You know. Um, how how bad people treat each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people just are mean to people. Well, and, you know what, Sean? Everybody's mean to people because there's so much. It's so messed up. It's so what, messed up. What are you up. laughing about, man? It's so messed up out there. That's why. Right, How but why can't can why do? can't we not just have? And I said this on my show last Get week. Along? Why can't we be one day? Friends? Why one, can't we? One day. <laughs> one day. Why can't everybody just be be nice? Because that'd be the day the earth stood still. I don't. I, <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. That, that's my off topic. I think people should be nicer to other people, man. What do you think, Trish? 
Definitely. We should try anyways. Well, I think it starts with ourselves. Until we start being nice to ourselves, we're nothing's going to change. So Well I'm I'm nice. I'm nice to people. No, you know? no, you have to love yourself. Yeah. Of course. First. I wouldn't I, would, I wouldn't have thirty one years of sobriety if I didn't have love myself. But you said you said there's not a lot of positivity in the world and, and a lot of the things uh, every person we encounter throughout our days, throughout our lives are a projection essentially of, of ourselves because everyone's perspective, everyone's personality, everything is different. So um, I think, you know, and if you look at your close relationships with people, we are, what do they, what do they say? Uh, a combination of the five people closest to us as far as personalities and mindsets and everything else. So, um, again, what you, what you feed, feeds you, you know, you, if we all make the changes in ourselves, I know for myself, I, yeah, I think I'm a good person. I think I'm loving and all this other stuff. There's so many parts of myself that I don't accept. And I'm sure that I project that onto my kids, onto my family members, onto my pets, onto a lot of things. So I think it starts from within. There you go. Love each other. What do you have to say, Jen? My off topic was I was just going to discuss a woman um, that I found to be fascinating. Her name is Harriet. I got her last name right. Let me see. I forget her name. Harriet Cloud. Harriet Truman. 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 Tubin. (laughs) What is it? He gave us three names. (laughs) What? T-U-T-R. Tubman. Tubman. That's it. Tubman. Tubman. Yeah, Tubman. (laughs) Okay, what about this lady? (laughs) What about this lady? (laughs) What the the hell is that? Jenny, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. What? is someone doing? texting you and that's your tone? No. Um anyway, <laughs> she wasn't she was that a gremlin? Wait. Maybe she Oh my. <laughs> oh Lord. This help. is a double torture Tuesday. <laughs> what is Good that God. sound? That's how to raise the vibration, Sean. Is oh, everybody yeah. is that, whatever that right. sound is. Okay, she <laughs> Was the keeper of an underground, the underground, um, during the slave time. Okay. What I found in Harriet, what? Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman. Yes. But the thing that I found fascinating off topics was that she was so tough that she had brain surgery without anesthesia. I believe it. I believe it, yeah. Uh, yeah, she that, was yeah. so tough. She chose instead to chew on a bullet. Ah. Like a Civil War soldier. And I just thought that was... Did you I know she saved tough. 70 slaves? Are you looking it up? Are you doing a fact check on me, buddy? No, I went to, I went to high school. <laughs> Are you doing a fact check? I went to high school. Oh, jeez. <laughs> 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 oh yeah. my gosh, Jason, you're on the S list now, buddy. Yeah. Oh well, it could happen to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. So, um, yeah, I thought that was a good off-topic. Um, 
she seemed like she had it all together and she was a, she was a she was the gatekeeper to the underground i guess where they had the railroad for the slaves <laughs> so where I thought, would, where yeah, did good she for her that? i mean what tough. part what state was she in that she was helping them out oh well, it probably it just said it didn't say really what state she was just say lost she never lost a slave so i'm thinking that would be somewhere in the south because yeah she probably brought them from the south to the north because north was anti um and anti-slave yeah, but um, Prospect Place where we went that one time, Jason. Yeah, that out was, in Ohio. Yeah, that was uh, from the 1850s. Yes, Trimway, Ohio is where the Underground Railroad came through. And it's an interesting story if you want to read about it. Yeah. It is. I bet it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool because they had like what a light tower where they'd go up there and shine so many lanterns. Yeah. You know, if it was safe, you know, yep. for the slaves on the Underground Railroad to stay there for yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that would be. Wow. It's called. It was a call. Oh, come on! It was called oh a cupola. She was born in Maryland, but do you know how she? So she got that injury when she was twelve years old. Um, she was she was rented out as a slave at seven, and it says at, at twelve. She was an over. She spotted an overseer about to throw a heavy weight at a fugitive, and she stepped between the enslaved person and the overseer, and the weight struck her head, and um, it, it fractured her skull. Um, yeah, she was a tough cookie, though. And I was twelve years old, so that's yeah. um, so. But that actually, by doing that, it said that she had you know issues with it the rest of her life. But it made her unattractive to potential slave buyers and renters. That's a good thing, so I guess. Might have been, this is the whole thing of perspective, you know, changing your perspective. Yeah. That might have essentially <clears throat> saved her life, and that led her to a greater purpose as well. So it's a good one. I mm-hmm. thought it was. Jason, what's your off topic? Oh. <laughs> What was that noise? That's my off topic. (laughs) (laughs) uh, You guys like horror movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're going to talk about the Texas. What are you? Yeah. I wanted to see if anybody, any of you have seen the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre and what you thought about it. We should listen to a uh, trailer on it and see. Let me see if I can get one. And you go ahead and talk about it. Well, I'm a big fan of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. Always have been, you know, from the old school ones to the early 2000s and i watched a new one uh the other day and it was it was okay it was pretty good it had a nice uh gore factor with some uh modern you know kind of stuff in it such as you know how people would be with cell phones in the eyes of like a uh you know a serial killer right there you know trying to put them on facebook or whatever but you know, I I gotta say though, I think the early two thousands versions are still probably some of the best ones. You know, in my own opinion. Yeah. You know, so if anybody gets a chance, check it out. You know, watch. Did it, he see die? Didn't they kill him, or was he ever dead? I can't tell you. I can't ruin the movie. Well, it just seems how many how many movies were there? Six or seven? Oh, there was a bunch. There was three in the early mid two thousands. There, then you figure the old ones. I'm not exactly sure, hmm. but the new one, like I said, it, it had a nice gore factor to it. I, I enjoyed that, and I liked the ending of it. You know, let me see if I can pull up this trailer. Let's see if I can <clears throat> see what he's talking about. Let's see if it works, buddies. Yeah, it just came on Netflix what a couple days ago. 
Is this it? Wait a minute. There you go. Uh, it looks scary, guys. Well, of course. The courser's a blonde. Oh yeah. <laughs> in the for, in the in the farmland. Who is that actress? That's Nicasio Farms. <laughs> You're next, Jenny. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that looks pretty scary. So, Harlow. You see, like, they thread a Tesla car in there. Oh, yeah. So, there's yeah, some, definitely some modern. Was the first one in an old town like that? This is a chance for people to start fresh somewhere. Was it in a ghost town like? Somewhere safe. No, it was not. Out in the woods. What? I mean, not in the plains. Oh, yeah. You can see this. Wow, that looks freaking scary. Oh, God. I don't know if I could watch this. Oh, you should. Well, I did look at it on Netflix. I was thinking about it. Dude, you won't be disappointed. Oh, my God. Uh, it does look like it's... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Jason, on a gore factor on a scale of one to ten, what was it? Uh, just like gore wise, and maybe not so much like story like real big storyline. Uh, there was a couple scenes that you know I'd rank it pretty. I'd give it like it's a good solid seven. Mm-hmm. You know, for you know, there was a particular scene with a boss. So I won't ruin it, but uh, it was it was pretty fascinating. I enjoyed it. <laughs> well, I tell you what, gory movie I I really like. Is the uh, House of a Thousand Corpses? Ah, there we go. Yeah, the Devil's Rejects, fun. and yeah, the Devil's Rejects. Yeah, Rob Zombie's films. What do you think of his uh, Halloween version of Halloween years ago? Um, I really didn't get. I didn't watch it. Why not? Uh, I was probably doing something else. Was oh, it good? Geez. Yeah, it was good. I thought it was good. I'm gonna have to check it out then. Yeah, I like but his he, movies. That boy, out. that boy can. He he has a mind. I'm telling you. Oh, he's, absolutely. He's way absolutely. out there. Do you ever watch any Rob Zombie movies, there, Jen? Uh oh. You know what that means? <laughs> oh no! Is that the it's is that the, the flea ball. market magic eight ball? There it is. Have I ever? No, I, I don't. I like Walking Dead. No, I'm watching that, but nothing. Nothing. I'm not really into zombies that much. I'm more into vampires, you know, aliens, ghosts. Oh, no, he meant Rob Zombie. Rob I don't know Zombie. who He's Rob Zombie is. <gasps> what? Uh, oh Lord. My God. You are sacrilegious there, honey. <laughs> I saw he was the lead man of White yeah. Zombie, then Rob Zombie. Yeah, it's like I didn't watch that Christmas thing either, so I'm just, uh, that's just stupid or whatever. I saw him and Marilyn Manson right before the shutdown. Marilyn Manson yeah. freaks me out. I saw him on... um. Oh God, the Sons of Anarchy, <laughs> and he was also there were some scenes on Walking Dead with him too, wasn't there? He's oh, actually God. highly, highly intelligent. If you watch some of his older um, interviews with people, okay, Trish, what is your Mister Projector <laughs> question? Oh gosh, I don't um, just pick one because it's really getting now. Come on. I don't have one. <laughs> Is Jenny gonna have nightmares if she watches the yeah. new Texas Chainsaw Master? Sean, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I got a question. Um, okay. Am I going to see leprechauns and fairies <laughs> in my next gold prospecting trip? Oh Jesus! And, of course, it don't work. <laughs> 
It's a shame you can't see the lights. What's that? It's best not to say no. It, I, see, you guys can't see. I don't know why the colors aren't coming up. He's no, I'm not. The, he's, I thought he said something else. Oh, I'd be damned. <laughs> it has been determined so. Oh, really? Is it I, no or yes? I can't. Yes. <laughs> you can't see how pretty the colors are. I don't know why I it's not. You can kind of see the reflection. I saw purple and blue. Oh, you see it? Because I can't see it. Now, is Jason going to get sassy tonight? He does look kind of tired. He's off his game on the... Highly doubtful. <laughs> Highly doubtful. <laughs> so you guys... find that thing? Oh, I find a lot of weird things. Um, <laughs> are you having, um, did you have, I thought you had a ghost investigation last yeah, week. Yeah, we went, we, we went down to the Buxton house. This is our second time. And uh, there was like five of us down there. And uh, we did, they had 40 people for the investigation. Did you see any ghosts? Uh, nah, not really. Bunch of orbs on my uh, uh trail cams but we did get this one thing uh where uh, jessica caught on with a cat ball and i'm going to send it to you if i can cat ball. yeah it's a little there's a cat there's a ghost cat down there his name is uh what was his name major buxton yeah that's it yeah and uh let me find it so it was a cat there's a cat in room number nine, okay? And Jessica bought this little ball that if it is touched or something's closer on it, it will light up. It's a ball that lights up? Yeah. So I'm going to send it to you. I just sent it to you. What is it? The, the light doesn't go off until 20 minutes, 20 seconds in. It's a 33 I'll seconds. I'll find it. Uh, I just sent it in Messenger. Okay, I gotta... I'm gonna see if I can make this bigger. You got this, Jenny. I know. It's not very easy, let me tell you. But it was pretty paper. good. Um, um, the 40 people that were there, um, they, they had a good time. Um, they weren't they were impressed. Hmm. But coming around two in the morning, everyone was tired. So, but what was Wait a minute. See the ball going off? I got to get, yeah, I, there we go. Oh, really? That's pretty neat. Yeah. And they were going off by itself. Yes. Does, what did you ask it? Did you ask it a question? I wasn't there when it just started meowing. I don't know. Ask her. <laughs> I don't know, but she's, you know, she sent that to us. You uh, think the little cat was playing with it? Yeah. See, there it goes. I believe it. What about you, Shirley? You believe that? Yeah. I see. I see a lot of uh, cat. Probably cat spirits more than more than most. I I read this. I was gonna say I read this funny thing about redheads and cats the other day. 
Um, so they posted, while the rest of the species is descended from apes, redheads are descended from cats. If you're betwixt and between, trust the one with red hair. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is that? That's the cat meowing while it touches the ball there, Sean. Where is that? Is that your cat there, Trish? No, it's not mine. <laughs> well, I think that's pretty cool. That's about the best evidence we got. Right that there. is. Mm -hmm. I like it. There's Hi. nothing else in that room this time. Just a cat. So, what about uh, was you guys in room eight too? I was in room eight. Me and Augie and Jessica, and uh, what's his name? Her boyfriend Andy were in nine. Because they said what room eight was the one that had what uh, faucets turning on or something. Yeah. And then room nine had the uh, cat spirit apparently, and uh, was it Mrs. Buxton or something would haunt that room. Yeah, I Mrs. Fox so. on mine. Now, uh, Augie had his camera rolling at night, all night long. So he hasn't gotten back with his. So because yeah, I was I look at mine too. I was taking a nap, and Augie was uh, in the bathroom, and he heard walking on our floor because we had wood floors, and he thought, "Ah, oh, it's Sean." And then when he came out and saw me zonked out, he said, "I better get my camera going." So we'll see what happened. Yeah, I still got to uh, go over my surveillance cameras and uh, see if there's anything from room nine. So I had two of them running. Two. From now the I set up there till the next day. You know, I set up my trail cam down in the tavern, right? And Augie put it in a place and he told the people, do not sit here. Do not sit here. And what do they do? They sit there. <laughs> so I caught a bunch of people looking at the camera and laughing. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> but I, when, but I did catch some orbs moving while they were there. So it was pretty cool. Who was laughing? Because they were just laughing. People. They're How were they laughing? At the camera when it would go off. So he told them, he told them, do not sit there. I got a camera there. Do not sit there. Well, of course, when you tell somebody not to do something, the first thing they're going to do is do that something. <laughs> the hell's that noise? Jenny's just having a good time over there. We're just having a good time with, you know, sounds like the oh, okay. women were laughing at you. <laughs> <laughs> is that what that is? What app is that from? Oh, just playing with sound effects. The Laugh at Sean app. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I'm sure there's about 200 of them. Got <laughs> 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 my own audience. <laughs> there you go. Or you get the devil one. So we go down there one more time on the 26th of March, and that would be it. I I, I don't think I'm going to do that again. It's, it's, what, go on the 26th? No, 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 no. Do it next year. Why? Why not? I just you don't. It's not fun. I'd rather I'd rather have our team our team do the whole place ourselves. There you go. But it's a business, so they had to lock everything up. What two o'clock in the morning? And that was it. All we could do was investigate the rooms. Hmm. There you go. Because you're like. Do so you think if it was like open? And they would let us do like the whole complex. It would be exactly. a ball game. Oh heck yeah! In heartbeat. 
mm-hmm. in the heartbeat. You, maybe next time you'll be able to get a ghost. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> you know how weird that would be if that's what spirits sound like. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> like if you caught spirits on your camera and that's all you heard. <laughs> Can you imagine her in bed sleeping and all of a sudden she hears that magic eight ball go off? Man, that would be cool. Yeah, or the ghost howling. Jenny be blowing up chat. I was uh, I was on the phone with with someone who had called me and we started talking about um, fairies um, and her uh, she said her, her friend had a very close relation to the fairy realm um, and who had passed passed away years ago and she was talking about t- telling me about this specific location and right when she was telling me that, this notification comes across my phone. She could hear it too. That sounded like that eight ball, like a, like a magical, you know, I was Mm -hmm. like, and I don't have any notifications like that. I don't even know where it came from, but obviously, I mean, it was meant to be, it was right when she was talking about her friend related to the the fairy realm that passed away. So I thought that was cool. So what's on the agenda for next week, Miss Cindy? Oh, we have, uh, let's see. March 1st is Mike. Um, Tori, uh, I'll tell you in exactly one second what he's, if I can figure out where the heck my, um, let me see, Mike. I have so many, so many guests lined up. Good. I can't pronounce his. But what's his specialty? Um, I'll let you know in one second. Um, he is. He, I, I got him from the website, and I'm going on his website now. He sent me an email. He's do, he's a doctor of um, cosmic consciousness. Oh my god! Yes, mm. and he talks about the fifth kind UFOs and contactees, and he's a clinical hypnotherapist. He's a motivational speaker, so it should be an interesting show because he's going to talk about alien contactees and he has a um a whole documentary called that so you guys can look it up and watch it before the um show is called alien contactee a conversation with dr lewis tory um and i'll send you guys the link too so you can um now i want to thank all our guests who listened and who participated in the chat tonight oh absolutely thanks for tuning in Yes, for Tuesday. I can't see the chat. But... <laughs> Why can't you see the chat? I changed everything on my computer so it would stop, you know, hmm. um, completely okay. crashing every time I logged on to StreamYard every week. So, so I was on time. Yes, you were. You were on time. Yes. I can't see the chat, but but I'm on time. That was great. You're on time. I like when you're on time, Trish. <laughs> but um, have a wonderful week. Um, we'll see you here next week, same time, same same channel. Yep. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Yeah, Thanks for tuning funny. in. It's Orchard Tuesday. Yeah. Let me. Uh, hmm, I gotta find our. Because I don't see. Thank you, Carrie. Yeah, thanks. Yes, Carrie had a lot of good input. Yeah, a lot of good input. We'll see you later, guys.